0: Hello friends and welcome to the Lockdown Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, if you enjoy what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, and the Odyssey app. Subscribing is free and ensures you never miss another episode. Before we get underway with the show, I just want to tell you a little bit about one of our other great podcasts because you need more hockey news and Locked On NHL is here to fill the gap. It's our daily podcast on everything happening in the league. Subscribe and listen each day for a quick look at the biggest stories and game recaps. Follow and subscribe to Locked On NHL today wherever you get your favorite media. And now for tonight's episode, there are quite a few news items to cover. I think the uh, the biggest one will involve a certain retirement for one of the greatest goaltenders ever, and I wanted to use that at some point as a bit of a transition point where I talk about some of the goaltenders that I really love in the NHL, guys who I feel like are, are perhaps a little bit underrated, and maybe why I think some of these players are so good. I want to talk about these guys because next week we're going to be starting essentially the earliest stages of our Locked On NHL Top 50 Players list. I know I've told you a little bit ago that that was coming. It's finally going to start running over the next couple of weeks. I think that this list is very interesting. Personally, I had a super hard time voting. I'm not going to spoil the list for you at all. In fact, we're not supposed to spoil it anyway, so you'll just have to stay tuned and, and be sure to keep up. I'll let you know which episodes are going to have which part of the lists. But uh, before we get underway with any of our goaltender discussion and some other player types that I think might be really fun to talk about, I did want to let you know about a really interesting signing the Winnipeg Jets have made. They've actually brought in Evgeny Savetchnikov with, like, a Moose PTO. Now, from what I understand, this contract is actually also inclusive of, like, an NHL PTO, so he's going to be joining the Moose, at least on paper, but the, the hope is that... If, in fact, he's able to try out during camp and really show the Jets that he still has something left in the tank, I'd imagine they'll give him an offer. Evgeny has always been one of those players that I was, at one point, very high on. When he was drafted ages ago with the Detroit Red Wings, I think a lot of folks thought that he would be the goal scorer that his brother really isn't. Evgeny had an explosive release, an absolute ripper of a wrister that could basically explode off his stick, and if he slapped it really hard, too, it was going into the net. Um, unfortunately for Svechnikov, things basically got derailed right after they started, and when he made his pro-level debut and stuff, it just didn't start off well. I mean, he had issues at the AHL level, and then the real concern for him was that he had a ton of injuries, um, especially with, like, upper body injuries and stuff, and I think that that has done a lot of long-term damage to his ability, especially his goal-scoring ability, and right now the Jets are just kind of cautiously taking uh, maybe a slower approach with him. The PTO for me is interesting because it tells us that they're maybe not super confident in his physical ability anymore, which would be really disappointing. I think Svechnikov actually showed a couple of things in his most recent stint with the uh, the Red Wings. If he can be like a really good bottom six scorer who maybe has some physicality left to him, I I think that would be a great option for the Jets. He's actually very skilled. I think the Jets really haven't signed all that many bottom six players like that, and maybe Svechnikov would actually crack, you know, Palmer Reese's roster. Um, I think the most likely outcome, though, is that Zvech probably isn't going to be joining the Jets. If his shoulder really is messed up, especially with like a recent injury, you know, it's really hard to recover, and I think it's a shame that Zvechnikov's career has basically been derailed. I mean, we got robbed of a number of really good young prospects and players across the league due to upper body and shoulder injuries, and sometimes that stuff can be devastating on your ability to actually play. Um, You know, if you can imagine Patrick Laine having serious shoulder and upper body injuries and what that would probably do to his release, well... Unfortunately, Zvechnikov had that happen, and so I'm keeping my expectations low, but I have to say when it comes to depth signings and really bargain deals and and taking smart gambles, the Jets have finally done stuff that I feel like these are moves by and large that I feel can only be seen as beneficial. The Jets have overhauled a lot of different parts of their team, and while the bottom six is going to be probably a good deal worse than it was last year, that might be more livable if the defense isn't stuck in its own end for like 30 minutes a night. The bottom six losing Appleton and Perot, I-, I will say, is kind of a problem. I hope that some of the young players that they want to call on and maybe a guy like Riley Nash can, can really fortify that unit and lock it down, but it-, it might be a bit of a rough start. You know, Mason Appleton showed off a lot of offensive versatility. So I I think for Zvechnikov, if he's able to replace that sort of offensive impact, even if his D impact is a lot less stellar, you know, that would probably be uh, the best-case scenario. It'd be really great if he can also serve as, like, a power play specialist, right? The Jets have a lot of shooters on the power play, but in terms of, you know, raw goal-scoring ability in in players like Mark Scheifele and some of the other guys, they don't really have anyone quite at the tier of like a Patrick Laine like they did a couple of years ago. So it would be nice to add a, a genuinely high-end shooter. I don't think that Svetch still has that in him, but if he does, I'd love to see what he can do with his team. We'll get a better sense of, of how he is over the next couple of weeks as they start to get prepped for training camp, preseason, and all that. You know, I I hold out hope, and if they can actually get him under contract, you know, he'll be like a really cheap one-year signing. I'm sure that not many teams are willing to take a flyer on a guy who is basically a medical insurance claim. But in terms of the potential for a young player to be a really fun addition to a team, I feel like Svechnikov is about as cheap as it gets, and I think it's a really smart gamble. This is not something that Winnipeg is known for. A lot of their picks tend to be really safe, you know, known quantities. Nate Beaulieu, Nate Thompson. Apparently we have a lot of Nates, but... It's just one of those very common archetypes with this team. They always go for the gritty veterans, and a lot of these players really struggle at even strength or even in in more pressing scenarios where they have to go on, like, the penalty kill and stuff. They usually don't perform up to snuff, but for once, the Jets have actually brought in some free agents that, you know, maybe will get onto Paul Maurice's good side, but also bring on-ice impacts that are positive. Nash is, like, a shutdown center. Zvechnikov might genuinely be uh, a capable goal scorer and somebody who can contribute some bottom six depth scoring. So... All in all, this is a successful offseason. I think Winnipeg has done a very good job, and uh, I'm, I'm happy with their progress so far. All that remains now is to see whether or not Winnipeg's lotto tickets turn into jackpot wins. That'll wrap up the Jets news. In just a moment, we'll talk about one of the major retirements and a discussion on goaltending, as well as some of my favorite goalies. And then to close this out, I'll talk about some of the players that I feel like are... are criminally underrated and maybe don't get a lot of respect, but should honestly be on top 50 or top 100 lists for a lot of folks. Before then, though, I thought you should hear a little bit about why BetOnline.ag should be your one-stop shop for all your online betting needs. In the wild, wild west of online bets, you need to know that there's a safe, reliable name that you can trust every single time. That's why you should look no further than BetOnline. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including the MLB, NBA, NHL, NFL, UFC, MMA, and every sport in between. No matter what you're into, BetOnline has your back. Before that next pitch or face-off, head on over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up for bonuses, and scout all the contests for your next win. Stop sitting on the sidelines as all of your favorite teams begin their playoff quests for glory. Win as your favorite teams win. To get started, go to betonline.ag and register for a free account, and be sure to use promo code Locked On to receive a matched 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Again, that is promo code Locked On at registration to receive a matched welcome bonus when you make your very first deposit at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Hello friends, and welcome back to the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast. Like I mentioned earlier, we are going to move on to talking about a certain retirement, and that retirement is Henrik Lundqvist. Now, I know a lot of you have probably been keeping up with the Lundqvist situation. When he left the New York Rangers, um, he did have a health issue with his heart, and it wasn't entirely clear what the future of his career would look like, especially with a heart condition that, quite frankly, was putting a lot of stress on his cardiac system. So, you know, the doctors kind of gave him a bit of a clearance. He tried out for the caps, and then it became obvious that the issue that he had, um, unfortunately, was going to prevent him from playing any time in the near future. Now, he went through the process, went through rehab, um, did quite a bit of recovery steps, and, of course, did try to make a comeback to the Caps in practice. But, unfortunately, his heart condition was serious enough that it actually did prevent him from staying fit, and so he ended up hanging up the skates, and the announcement officially came today. Lundqvist is one of those goalies that I think has been criminally underrated for almost his entire career. While everyone knows that he is, in fact, King Henrik, I feel like his sheer impact on a Rangers team that defensively has never been particularly good really goes under the radar. A lot of times, you know, with the Rangers' defense the way it is, they often allow a ton of really high-danger slot opportunities, which, look, you know, there is some truth to the fact that the rink tracking for the Rangers is a little bit biased, but when you actually filter out some of those maybe slightly generous interpretations of shot locations, Lundqvist is still one of the best, most consistent goalies of this past generation. It's exceptionally rare to find a goaltender who has consistently put up really great numbers over most of his entire career. You know, it's hard to do really good performances year over year, let alone doing it for 10-plus years behind a defense that, frankly, isn't up to snuff. And yet, Lundqvist, for many seasons, was New York's rockin' net. While he did eventually start to tail off towards the end of his career, like, his tailing off would be pretty darn good for most starting goaltenders. He gave the Rangers a number of playoff runs, and while they never ended up winning a cup, Lunkvist is still going to be one of the greatest goaltenders of all time. I feel like he'll he'll have a reputation more so post-retirement than when he was actually active as as truly one of the greats. I'm not sure if people at the time fully understood just how good he was. You know, our statistical analysis in the earlier parts of this uh, of this millennium were. Maybe not quite good enough to track just how effective Lankovas was against pretty much every shooter in the league. I can remember the number of times I watched him stonewall the caps with incredible reflexive saves, great positioning, such strong, fast, and powerful lateral motion. I mean, when it comes to goalies, he just really had everything, and it's a shame that he never got himself the one thing that still eludes him, and that's a ring. That said, I think he can take solace in such a storied career. He truly was one of the greatest goalies that I've ever gotten to witness. And it led me to think about some of my favorite goaltenders today. And of course, you know, the the biggest one is going to be Connor Hellebuck. But, you know, I've talked about him a lot. Hellebuck represents everything that I I think the modern goalie uh, should have in terms of being really strong. He's a, a massive net presence, but he's also surprisingly mobile. He has this ability to detect danger and put himself in really good positions where he doesn't have to be super active to make a great save. There's this common phrase talking about how we perceive issues, and it says where you sit determines where you stand on a matter, right? Where you start from is important to how you eventually form your beliefs and your positions. In a very abstracted way, you could say that for goalies, that's a very similar situation, where where you start in your net determines how often and how easily you're able to make a specific kind of save. And with Hellebuck over the years, his positioning has gotten to the point of being so good that it's just really hard to find gaps and openings against him. He's able to set himself so strongly and confidently that cutting down angles for him is quite easy. And he gives himself space to work with if he needs to use his incredible athleticism to rob a goal from a crazy angle, or maybe using his pads or his gloves or his Blockers. I mean, either way, he just has incredible reflexes, great starting positioning, and an incredibly huge frame that just seems to soak up pucks left and right. I feel like the Jets have tried to funnel a lot of the shots down the center and from point areas, which in some ways kind of works to his advantage. Other times, the Jets' defense is just bad enough where it doesn't really matter. You just have to put it in a Hellebuck's glove and hope for the best. As far as other goaltenders that I really admire, I have to say that I I think Carter Hart long-term is going to be a really good one. I know that his previous season was kind of a mess. I feel like in a lot of ways he had more than just like a sophomore slump. There were times where I felt like he probably could have used a sports psychologist if he wasn't seeing one already. You could tell that his glove reads were late, his positioning was off, he wasn't detecting danger in time, and of course Philly's defense was doing him no real favors. Not so much that the Flyers' defense was consistently terrible, but when they made a mistake, it was the kind of, you know, that the Jets fans are used to. Really dangerous areas, really bad turnovers at spots where the goalie doesn't have much of a chance to make a save. And even if the volume of these mistakes was low, the goaltenders really just didn't have much of an opportunity on some of these chances. Hart probably should have made a number of better saves than he did. I mean, he was like the worst goalie in the league this year, but I feel like the long-term future for him does still look pretty bright. In that opening year that we saw him, he looked fast, he looked confident, he looked very strong. Not quite the same goaltender that Hellebuck is, but I think he can do a really good job of being very active in the crease and essentially just soaking up shots with quick reads. The last goalie that I'll spotlight is another pretty obvious pick, but I just feel like when it comes to entertaining watches, Andrei Vasilevsky, for me, continues to be one of the most acrobatic, dynamic goalies that I've ever watched. And with Vasilevsky, he's a very strange one. A lot of what he does almost seems like it's, it's a little bit out of desperation, and yet much of it is so composed that you would almost think everything was pre-planned. He's truly one of the most athletic, most, I, I guess, acrobatic goalies, I could say. NHL 22 rightly gave him the contortionist X-Factor or whatever it's called because he can honestly bend his core and his upper body in ways that should not be possible. And the way that he has such strong control over his lower body, it almost reminds me a little bit of like Dominic Hashik. I would not say that his ability is on the same level of Hasek. I think that there are certain clear differences between how Dominic both approached his position and performed. I mean, you're talking about truly the greatest goalie of all time, but In a lot of ways, Vasilevsky has some very similar traits. You can see a a very aggressive approach to his crease depth. He's incredibly athletic. His physical traits allow him to make saves that I don't think most other goalies would even attempt. I mean, he's extremely mobile and agile inside the net. And he can twist and rotate his core in ways that I I just don't really see other goaltenders even attempting. So, in terms of a goalie watch that just remains one of the most fun and bombastic experiences that I've seen in, in net, You know, Vasilevsky has to be up there for me. If nothing else, he certainly is a human highlight reel. These are some of the top goalies that I enjoy watching, but when it comes to other players who I feel are really underappreciated, I have a handful that I think you should honestly be keeping your eye on. I'll tell you about them in just a moment. But before then, here's why rockauto.com should be the only place you buy your auto parts. There are literally thousands and thousands of vehicles out there, and it's really hard for auto parts stores to keep up stocking parts, accoutrements, and everything in between. You might stand in line for 15, 20, maybe even 30 minutes waiting for your chance to buy the part that you need and you find out they don't even have it in stock. If you want to save time and money, then just go to rockauto.com instead. They're a family-run business with over 20 years of experience in the automotive industry. Their easy-to-use, intuitive website allows you to sort by make, year, and model of your vehicle, and then set a price range filter so you always get the parts that you need at the prices you want. Whether you need a new engine control module or a floor mat replacement, rockauto.com is sure to have what you need in stock, and best of all, you can save anywhere from 20, 30, even 50% off retail brick-and-mortar in-store pricing, so why shop anywhere else? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts a car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. Are you someone who loves protein bars? Are you tired of all of your favorite protein bars tasting like ash and dirt? Maybe you're ready for a change. And as a fellow protein bar appreciator, I can tell you that Built Bar is your best alternative. It's the only protein bar that tastes more like a candy bar, with a 100% chocolate exterior and a soft, chewy interior. It comes in several delicious flavors like salted caramel, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate, and so many other great flavors. Bilt Bar often releases very special, limited edition, limited quantity flavors that once they're gone, they're gone for good, so, stay tuned to their social media platforms and their website to make sure you never miss another flavor. As delicious as built bars are, they're even better for you, with most bars clocking in at around 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of net carbs, and 70 to 18 grams of protein. Built bars are perfect for every lifestyle, whether you're looking to maintain or lose weight. Placing your order couldn't be easier. Go to built.com and use promo code locked15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that is promo code locked15 at checkout for 15% off at built.com. Place your order today for the best-tasting protein bar on the market. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are uh, moving on from some of my favorite goalies to discussing players that I continually feel are very underappreciated. Some of these players are still very famous and well-known and well-regarded, but maybe they still don't get quite the reputation that they deserve, and I feel like, for me, Andre Kopitar continues to be one of those prime cases Anjay is somehow still amazingly productive and so strongly impactful on the ice, despite being, you know, very advanced in age for most veterans. You don't see many first-line centers, especially at his age, producing the sorts of scoring rates, on-ice impacts, and general on-ice leadership in that sort of role that he's been given very often. I mean, it's rare that a player of his age is still such a productive elite forward, and I feel like it, it still goes under the radar because LA is bad, right? But in terms of his on-ice performance, he is a monster you won't find many other centers who have aged as gracefully as he has. It's kind of like that similar situation with Eric Stahl a few years back, except Anze really hasn't stopped being excellent. And so I feel like he is like the ideal situation for a team that wants to build around a long-term center. I feel like the contract term was kind of insane, but you know Kopitar, for what he's being paid and for what he's done, he still continues to be worth his contract. How many times do you say that about veteran players in the NHL? Almost never. Another player that I feel like doesn't get a lot of attention, but certainly has played an, an important and pivotal role for his team, is Arturi Lekinen, which I know a lot of Habs fans love Lekinen. Despite really struggling to put up major points for the Habs, he continues to be one of their most positive play creators. He's also really hardworking and has a, a positive impact on defensive results, and I feel like Lekinen is just one of those guys who always gets into the right positions, puts himself in really good opportunities to create offense, and even if he struggles to finish himself, he can still make the players around him perform at an even higher level. I would call him like an elite facilitator. Somebody who understands how to make his line function even better, even if he might not be the absolute pivotal piece on that unit. I like the way that he attacks space. I think he's incredibly creative. He has an extremely strong work ethic. I'm a big fan of of Lekkanen, and I feel like even though he doesn't always get the respect he deserves, he is one of those guys that Montreal would really rue losing. The last player that I think is still criminally underrated is Brian Rust, and I've talked about Rust in the past, but when it comes to players who have... Just about every kind of skill set and trait that I want in an NHLer, even if they're not, like, a generational talent. That's who kind of comes to mind. He's sort of the Neil Pionka forwards in that he's incredibly offensively impactful, he's got a great shot, his ability to attack space is notable, he has a really good impact on the ice. But, like, he takes Pionk's work ethic and stuff and at times takes it to another level, especially when it comes to attacking the slot. When he's on the ice, everything just seems to be funneled right at the opposing goaltender, and he loves getting into the crease, attacking along the walls for the forecheck, and just being a really physical pest the entire time. He's got that ability to be a bit of a Matthew Perot, but with an even better scoring rate. I don't know why Rust isn't more universally recognized as being one of Pittsburgh's best forwards, but I feel like, down the road, people will kind of look back and realize he might have been one of the bigger straws stirring the drink. He plays with such a high energy and tempo that I feel like his his on-ice contributions constantly tilt the ice in Pittsburgh's favor and that he's very skilled at what he does, you know, only adds additional threat to his ability to get himself into prime scoring areas. That he can do it away from Malkin and Crosby is especially impressive. He just seemingly has every kind of tool set that I love in a really industrious middle six forward, but he actually puts up, like, top six results. Rust is truly a menace, and it's been fun to watch him over the years. One day, I think people will kind of recognize... They, they really were sleeping on a dude who could probably put up 25-30 to 30 goals if he gave him the right teammates. He's already gotten pretty close as it is to 30 goals, so maybe he'll actually crack it next season. I'd love to know who your favorite underrated players are. Hopefully not Jets. I mean, we've talked about Winnipeg players the entire time, but if you have to choose Jets players, sure, I can boast about them as well. Let me know who they are, and I might use them in a future episode to discuss for our favorite underrated players list. For now, though, that is going to do it for tonight's episode. Before you log off, don't forget to check out our Locked on Bets podcast. Betting on the NHL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your favorite media. And as always, thanks for listening, have a great night, and go Jets go!